Hi and welcome to another podcast show with your host Miriam Khan at Raise Your Vibes. Today I have a brilliant colleague of mine, friend, uh, bestie, brother <laughs> called Martin Jonah from the States. You might recall guys, he was on the podcast a while back and I've re-invited him because Martin has been doing some amazing things. Welcome back Martin, how have you been? I have been, I have been very well. Very well indeed. <laughs> it's, been, it's you know like life life has has all of its ups and downs, but there's always a nice balance in in it all as well. Indeed. So tell us a little bit about um, what you've been up to since we last talked, because obviously we were talking about various other issues on your podcast show, and I'll provide the links to that in the podcast show at the at the at the end. But tell our speakers what you've been doing. You've been on this retreat recently. I want to hear all about it. Yeah, so uh, I, I, I'm not one for retreats, per se. I don't think, I, for myself at least, retreating life is a way of understanding it. Mm-hmm. So I always, I, I look at retreats with a very kind of dubious eye very often. And, and I'm, not, I'm not always keen on the idea of retreating. So I like to call this more of an advance. <laughs> cool. You see, when you were saying retreat to me, initially I'm thinking what celebrities do. They go for that pedicure, manicure, spa. They go for the yoga sessions. Uh, they might do, be doing detox. You know yourself. There's all these celebrities, you know, with your coaching that you've been doing, they go to, you know, different clinics, don't they? I forgot the name of the yeah. famous one in the States where you are. Um, where basically, you know, they go and get themselves checked out and they don't really call it rehab, do they? They call it something else. No, and it's, <laughs> and, and that is, and, and for so many of things like that, you know, like when you get your, when you get your nails done and you just get pampered for like, you know, you go to a spa or whatever, yeah. that, that kind of stuff is a retreat. And yes, what you're doing is you're retreating from the daily grind of living your life. Correct. So how was this you know, retreat and, different? To what, what so we would I expect. Went, so the reason that I was attracted to this because it is so I went on a dark retreat. A dark um, retreat. Which means, Did you go to yeah, the dark, dark side, Martin? <laughs> we do we doing uh, yes, Star Wars terminology now. <laughs> I went. I went and I spent five and a half days in utter darkness. Wow. In a in a building alone with a bed. A bathroom, a shower, and a place to meditate. Wow. That's pretty much it. So, basically, um, I'm now friends with Darth Vader. <laughs> <laughs> no, so, they, on a serious note, I, I, have yeah. come, I have heard about this. Did you find yeah, that to heighten your senses? Is that what it's for? Um, well, it's, it's not for heightening your senses, right? Like that, yeah. again, for me at least... That would be retreating. You would retreat from your senses so that they would be enhanced. I went there to really get rid of the external. So much of what I talk about revolves around living under the influence. We live under the influence of our parents when we're born, and we continue to live under the influence of our culture. We live under the influence of our partners and our bosses and, and the economic system. We live under the influence of so many things. And I think that our entire lives, for those of us who have been able to see our entire lives, have referenced our body 
to its surroundings through our eyes and thus referencing who we are, how we act, how we interact with the world around us. So we are constantly living under the influence of how we experience the world. Mm. Now, going into the dark and not seeing for five and a half, six days, really kind of puts things into perspective in terms of like, well, without the ability to experience, to see Mm. the world around me, how do I experience myself? Mm, Interesting way of looking at it, correct. So when I am in the dark, I get to see into kind of the void. My eyes open, eyes closed, no difference. Mm. And I get to exist here for a time. And and the first two days, I should say, were, were me really wanting to continue to reference the outside. I would wait for my food to arrive, and my food arrived in a box in the wall, you know, someone was outside, they would not, you know, and so that I wouldn't get to, I would, I couldn't see light and I would receive food, but I couldn't see the food either. So it would be in a Tupperware container. I would open it. I would just stick my food in. And when it reached my mouth, that's what I would know what I was eating. To be fair, Martin, you're now making me think of a scene from Stir Crazy, you know, and I'm thinking of like sto- uh, uh, the solitary confinement that you have in some prisons back in the 50s and yeah. 60s. You're making me think of scenes like that. But on, you know, on so a serious those, note, this is different, isn't it? Well, it's only different because I chose to do it. Correct. And that changes everything. Correct. Right? So if you could live your life knowing that you chose this life, Anything that happens to you is not, you're not the victim of. No. You know, and this is the big difference between going into solitary confinement because you're forced there as punishment, sure. and that is torture. Sure, of course it is. I mean, it goes back to the prison system, but what, what I'm saying is, you know, when you're talking about this food arriving, not knowing what you're getting, even just the whole experience of going there, you know, some people, if I'm honest, Martin, they would panic. They would no, like the I, idea. This is, they would panic. Yeah, no. They would also, yeah. because of the fact that we're in this very, very digital era, you know yourself, we're, we're talking on it now, we're recording on it now with devices. Some mm-hmm. people cannot cope being away from that, let alone a comfortable bed, light, nature, sound. Talk to another human being. You know, how did you cope? I mean, did you have some anxiety when you were in there initially or were you okay with it, you know, initially? Actually, the first two days um, I I was, you know, like waiting for those externals, like waiting for the food, waiting for the, you know, like constantly like, okay, well, you know, because time is very strange because you don't know what time it is. and, And if you sleep, well, like you don't know how long you slept and I probably only slept about two hours a day. Wow. Um, was that because you couldn't sleep? Were you, were you No, no, no. I just, you just wasn't, you're just not tired. And I found that that is a very normal thing. I didn't know that, but I asked somebody and they were like, yeah, that's normal. The days become excruciatingly long. Um, right. But really, 
like in the first two days, like when I when I blew out the candles and I was in the dark, I was I was giddy. I was just like, oh, this is great. <laughs> and, and the words that I used to describe it was soft and comforting. Right. Um, so while I was in there for the, like, I, like again, I'm going to break this up into different sections. The first two days I was I was in this space of building structure like I had to pass my time. So I would meditate for some time and I would do mantras for some time and I would do yoga for some time and I would lie down and do like body scan or I would take a shower. I would do things to try and pass time. But time just didn't pass very quickly. And and after a day or so, I started thinking, is this it? Is it just dark? Is nothing else here? Because I was fine with what was going on. But I just recognized that, oh, it's just dark. So what? And I thought it was going to be a wash until there was a point where I was meditating and I heard a rock fall from the ceiling. And now this is an adobe building. And so some of the areas like that you touch and stuff do crumble. So I didn't I wasn't really surprised by it. But when I went to brush the rock off my yoga mat, I got stung. Turns out that rock was a scorpion. Wow. <laughs> and um, and so I got stung by a scorpion and then I got into I got these cold sweats and I laid down and, and like my hands and feet and throat and tongue started tingling. And I was like, hmm, if my tongue swells. I will go get help, especially if, it, if, if there's a possibility I would suffocate from that yeah. swelling. What did you what would um, you have to do to get help then? Would, was there a bell or something? Is there a button or something? No, it was locked from the inside, so I would have been able to leave. Right, okay. Yeah, because cause it, I was only visited, and so I could write notes. There was paper and pen for me to write notes. Even though I couldn't see it, one can write in the dark. We know sure, what we know. Sure. How to do that. And uh, I was able to write notes and pass them on to the owner. Um, but I was only able to do that at nine thirty in the morning and four thirty in the afternoon. So there was a seven-hour gap and then a seventeen-hour gap, and I was stung within that seventeen-hour gap and probably ten to twelve hours before anyone was going to show up. Wow, Martin. So, so I had to recognize that the experience I was being provided and my experience having that experience were different. Hmm. I was not the victim of what was happening. I was having an experience that See. was attached to this experience, situation. right? Like, so, so, what's that? To this situation. Right. Yeah. So, I was not the victim of the scorpion. I'm not the victim of the building that, that had a scorpion in it. I'm not a victim of the space that organized this. This was my experience, personally. Mm -hmm. How am I experiencing this? And I did think that, you know, there was a part of me that said, are there deadly scorpions in Guatemala? I won't know this information for 10 hours. Mm. I may die before then. Well, we're, we're glad that you didn't because we won't be having this yes. podcast if that was the I, case. You know, like, I'm glad that I didn't either. 
but I'm also glad that I was open to that possibility. Once again, I did draw the line at suffocating from a swollen tongue because an antihistamine is like, it'd be silly for me to just like sit there and suffocate when, but if I was poisoned by this scorpion and was going to die, well, then I I have to embrace that to some degree because I was in a poor town and all all of these other things. So, so, um, I think also it shows you that, you have a very uh, patient side. I guess being in that situation, you have to be because, you know, we again, we're in this society where we're expecting instant demand, instant reply. So the fact that you are told there's only these particular timing periods where you can communicate, that's also saying you need to meditate. This is time for you to be in the dark, you know? Uh, do you get what I'm that's saying? Right. So Absolutely. You, you are also having to sit in your pain. And, and there's that analogy, you know, think about it when you have a paper cut, you know, and I know it's nothing similar to your Scorpio wound. Okay. I'm glad you survived It's all the that. same. It's it, like, it, and that's the, and I want to just point out that yes, a paper cut and my scorpion bite, they are the same thing are like, there but, is no difference. There no. Is, it, it is just the experience you're having. Correct. It's the, what happens in our brain is we experience different levels of pain, don't we? And it's the way we react to that the way we are conditioned to react to that uh it depends if you've had it before you know all people from different walks of life have different pain thresholds as well i know i certainly have a higher one than others having had having had two hip replacements you certainly have a higher pain threshold to other people you know because half of your leg has basically been you know cut open you know in a you know you when you've had about 60 stitches that's a big surgery and not yeah. you know, and some people can't cope with maybe two stitches from a small glass cut, for example, you know. Yeah. But for you, you you obviously you stayed there. You um, hopefully you were okay. You didn't have swelling from this bite. Right. And what happened after this um, Scorpio so incident? That- You know, like, if you recall, like, before all of that, I was very much like, is that all that's going to happen? You know, is that it's going to be dark? And then I get stung. And it really, you know, allows me to drop all of that structure that I was trying to create. All of that, like, I will meditate now. I will exercise now. I will yoga now. I will shower now. I will do all of these things to pass time. And I was able to be there and have the experience that I was having. Without having to put demands upon it, like be something else, do something for me, help me see, help me grow, you know, be the thing I want you to be without putting any of those on it. Because now I realize that this might not be what I want it to be, but it's what I'm experiencing. And then by being able to be present with that, and, I, and if you recall, like so much of what I talk about is mm. um, this idea of recovering yourself. Sure. And when we recover ourselves, we recover that deep understanding of who we are and who are we? We're God, you know, in no short order. We are that which is, and we are always connected to the divine. Yeah. And that divine is within us. Yeah. And as and and even in the dark, that light of the divine is within us, and we can focus on that rather than focusing on what we see. We can look out at the world and say, "You're responsible." 
or we can look inside and say, I'm not responsible for what happens, but I am responsible for experiencing it. And how I react. Yeah. Right. Like, how am I experiencing this? And then when you're responsible for experiencing it, then you are going to act and react differently. And you're going to demand less of those around you because this is your experience. It is not something that you are like, like I could have very easily. I remember when the, when he came by and I told, I wrote the note and told him that, you know, like, Oh, I think there's a scorpion here. Da, da, da. I'd like you to search the room. There was all of this attaching to fear. Mm-hmm. And he and I spoke while I was in there and at the, you know, about, like I said, 10, af- 10 hours or so after I got stung yeah. and we were talking and I, even though I was already keen on the idea that this is my responsibility to have this experience, I, I said to him, I was just like, I don't feel safe. And in my mind, I was like, bullshit, you, you didn't feel safe for a time, but you've dealt with that already. Yeah. But there was a part of me that wanted to play that victim. There was a part of me that still wanted him to take responsibility, but he didn't. And I'm so glad he didn't (laughs) because that allowed me to regroup and not not fall for the you're a victim story martin people would have been hysterical you know there would have been hysterical outbursts saying get me out of here get me out of this room why am i paying for this to happen to me there's all sorts of different concepts and reactions that everyone else would do you know and i'm not criticizing someone being hysterical it's understandable if you've been bitten by scorpio that's that's a normal response the fact that you've been calm about it the fact that you've meditated about it the fact that you've reflected about it the fact that you've gone within, I think this place has done a massive, um, you know, service to you, to be fair, because not everybody would have reacted in that calm, demure, gentleman fashion, I guess, you know, and I guess that's the whole point of that retreat as well, isn't it? It is, because when you're in the dark, when you don't like, and I think that, you know, when we look around and we see, oh, they're a victim and they get, you know, they're getting a refund because they're a victim to someone making a product wrong. Mm. Oh, they're a victim and they're getting a, they're getting a free meal because they found, you know, a hair in their, (laughs) well, now, well, well now what am I looking for? I'm looking for manufacturing mistakes. I'm looking for errors that other people do. I'm looking for hair in my eggs. I'm looking for all of these things so I can get more. Because our society, at least here in the West, we have a society that says, you know, more is better. Correct. And and as we as we start to, you know, literally look around and see that it's not us, right? It's you. It's that, that house. It's that car. It's that waitress. It's that it's that product. It's that thing that I am putting my faith in to make it okay for me to be here. Whether it's I need a coach in order to, um, in order for me to be better at my work, or I need a therapist in order to be better at my trauma, or I need um, a car to be better in my in my community. I need this. I need that. And we look outside of ourselves all the time 
to find a way to have value and or it's also, to gain it's, fulfill, it's fulfillment as well and this constant need of gratification because when you're saying i need i need i need it's not i want there's a difference isn't there from from basic needs to want there are differences in that respect your retreat obviously has taught you a whole variety of lessons that you probably didn't expect it to teach you you know and would you you know at the end of that week what was your sort of like analysis or reflection upon everything that happened when you came out of there into the light you know was the oh, well that's a that's a whole different other, story oof. <laughs> That, is out. that a whole nother podcast? <laughs> so, so, st- so it should be said that stepping, like seeing for the first time mm. after six days, is is an experience in and of itself. Mm. Like, like I could not once I was bringing. Like, you got to understand, I was in a building in the dark for six, five and a half days. I step out. I can now hear the birds without the muffling of the walls around me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was overwhelming and fucking deafening. Wow. There was there okay. was seeing for the first time, literally seeing for the first time in five and a half days. And that was overwhelming and yeah, everything was sen- moving. In the your senses. I mean, think of somebody. I'm thinking of someone who's blind or someone partially blind who I've known actually in my life uh, or someone who had recovered eyesight I've known someone, I don't know if you have, and, you know, them getting that sight back and seeing light for the first time, seeing colours for the first time, obviously they're in tears, you know, and this is a different situation to you, yeah, but also... I mean, I cried, I cried for half hour, 45 minutes when I stepped out. And I guess that was an emotional cleanse as well, from a spiritual point yeah. of view. Being, being thankful and being grateful for the blessings we've got around us. I mean, it makes you think, how did people do this in the state of Stone Age when we have that Neanderthal era, you know? How did they do this? Because, yes, you've had your meals delivered, right? You've had, you've had still some modern-day comforts that you could write a note, a pen and paper. You knew there was help on the outside, you know? And in the modern-day, uh, I mean, even where I am at the moment in different countries, you know, you have these these amazing things called escape room. I don't know if you've come across them. Yeah. You know, I and they've yeah. become quite popular with the whole, uh, you know, there's like a detective one. There's like an Indiana Jones one. There's a let's do teamwork building one. There's, um, you know, there's all this variety. But also there's one, there's one in darkness with ghosts and so on. But you knew at least you'd have contact with the outside. You knew that you could reach someone on the outside. Think back to how we allegedly began. You know, everybody's going to have a different perception uh, and viewpoint on this. Of course they are. But, you know, Stone Age, how the hell, how the hell did they cope, you know, with this sort of um, a living? Maybe food wasn't on the table, you know? Food yeah. wasn't being delivered. You know, I mean, no communication. We look, at, we, look, we look at all these things and, you know, like in early man like dealt with safety and so so you know being bit being stung all of the experiences that that you know like that experience that i had was was just oh this happened well get on with it yeah you might die but until that happens get on with it yeah you know um because what are you gonna do 
Like what? Like in the Stone Age and stuff, someone someone's out like hunting on their own, and they get yeah. you know they get attacked by a wolf. You know, if they don't die, they still have to continue hunting and then get back to the town, get back Correct. to where they live. Correct. You know, like they have to get on with it. Are they going to complain to somebody that this no. experience wasn't what they expected? No. It's survival. And I think that's what we do. Yeah, it's, you know, it's, we don't, we don't, we don't look at it that way no, anymore. Now no. we look at it as like you are responsible for me. So I live in a community, and that community is responsible for getting me water. That that <laughs> that community is responsible for having restaurants in the area. That community is responsible for, and and you know, as we dipped into uh, the the pandemic over the last two years, that hasn't gotten any better. No, like we still we 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 are still so privileged that we're just looking outside and saying. Oh, Open those restaurants up. Correct. And I don't want to wear a Correct. mask. I don't but the want narrative's to do changed. The narrative. That's What's what that? it is. Yeah. The, the it's not the 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 victim mode or whatever is the narrative and the complex and the fact that we are still you know still in this society where we are controlling it. We are making the choices, but it's not a conscious choice. That's the difference. Right. We're not taking that. Correct. We're not taking the initiative to make the conscious choice. Correct. I had to make the conscious choice to let the sting happen without yes. being the victim of it and just be like, all right, well, this is what's happened. Yeah. Let's experience this happening. You know, and then I went through, I mean, while I was in there, I also went through an earthquake that I had to be like, okay, this is happening. Had you come? Had That's you experienced right. an earthquake before, or not? So I'm in Chicago, and we do experience earthquakes on the odd occasion in a very, very minor way. Okay. Throughout my whole time, and this was in in Guatemala, yeah. uh, and Guatemala is on a fault line, and there are earth, there are uh, mountains around where I was, sure. as well as volcano. Sure. So there are there are plates that move quite often yeah. and as i was there uh, i heard this like low rumbling very often this like for like 30 <laughs> seconds and then and then it just happened that like oh that was that's actually an earthquake because it happened where i was because it you know around the lake it might happen many times in different areas but then it finally happened where i was and i recognized oh that sound was an earthquake uh, and all of those sounds that i had heard previously were earthquakes and now the the plate that i'm on happened to move right i guess being in a darkened room putting myself in your position as best as i can when that is also happening uh was this prior to the scorpio bite or after martin it was after after so at this point you've obviously had that you know incident and then understandably you're having um the plate shift and there's that whole fear again you would want to run out of the room because if things start to fall or things start to shake or because you feel it i mean i have moved uh abroad uh i'm not in england at the moment i'm working somewhere in the middle east and i didn't have experience of earthquakes at all till i moved to the middle east and having buildings collapse or buildings come down or the feeling of that is something else you know so i'm trying to put myself in your shoes 
where you're in this sort of building where it's black and it's obviously heightening your senses a bit more. Again, people panic, you know. They want to they wanna exit the building. They want to get out. They want to leave. And a lot of that is because, again, like you said before, fear. It's, it's that fear of safety and what's happening. And instead of just understanding, okay, this is an earthquake. People probably have these all the time. This is not a, a big one. Because you have them on the, you know, the Richter scale, obviously. Some of them are quite high. Some of them are not. And some of them are, are a tremor. Some of them, as you can tell, I've got a bit of experience of this. Because <laughs> where, I, where I currently live and work, um, there are aftermaths from a different country. So I do feel the shocks. Um, and sometimes when I'm in a building where I'm on the 12th floor of an 18th floor building, you still feel the tremors. That says a lot, you know. Um, so it's interesting how your senses react, you know, because you, you're feeling yourself shaking, your body shaking, your head shaking. Obviously, furniture's moving around too. But I can imagine in a blackened out room, those senses of yourself are, are being put to, I guess, the firing line, so to speak, you know? You're sort of being tested here. Is he going to stay? Is he going to run? What's he going to do? So what did you do? Right. <laughs> well, I just, you know, like I, I, was, I was in a meditation when that came. I recognized it was there. I just... I continued sitting in my meditation. I, I don't. I don't recall moving at all. I was just oh. like, oh, it was. It was really just like, okay, I'm. I'm. I'm now in the middle of an earthquake. Yeah, you're in the zone, dude. You're in the zone. Let's just let's just be here in the middle of an earthquake. I, it was. It was. You know, it was, the interesting thing was that I did the math on the on the idea that like, oh, you know, I've been hearing these low rumblings all the while. Yeah. But I didn't know what they were, and then when it came, I I, I just kind of like opened my eyes. Now, when I open my eyes, I still can't see anything. It's the same. But I, I do recall like opening my eyes and smiling and going, they were earthquakes <laughs> and then going back in. Yeah. Right. Like, so just recognizing what they were was yeah. really what it was. It was just, it was just, a, you know, like being it's in the that human space. being part of you. It's the sensible part of you. That, and then you've shifted back into the spiritual side of you because you're meditating, aren't you? You know, and yeah, I guess you're reassuring yeah. yourself saying, Hey, it's an earthquake. It's okay. I'm alive. I'm still breathing. Nothing's dropped on my head yet. <laughs> you know, because you, know, and, you don't know. And it really helped me recognize that, like, because I was hearing this so repeatedly around the lake area, that it made me just kind of, like, really quickly go through the process of, well, if the place are shifting that often, mm. there's no pressure being added, built up. Yeah. So it's not going to be a big earthquake. It's just no. a little one. They're all little ones. Yeah. And so just be here and 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 experience this. So there, just like everything else. Yeah. So there, you're reassuring yourself. I guess you're self-soothing yourself. Yeah. You, you know, it's the meditation techniques, isn't it? And and you are also going back to that word narrative, as I said earlier. You're telling yourself it's okay. I'm okay. I'm all right. You know, and I'm going to be okay. When you obviously came right. out and you were in the light and, you know, you'd gone through the earthquake experience, you said, you know, you were obviously overwhelmed. Um, what happened after that? I mean, do you get to see other people that had also been in the same predicament as you? I presume there was a group of people that had gone to this retreat? No, I was alone. You were alone? Um, yeah. And... Um... I spoke with someone that came out of the retreat before I went in. 
And then I spoke to somebody that was going in after I came out, but I didn't speak to anybody about the experience. And that is, I think that's a good thing because it's once again, like I, like, like I walked away with this idea that this experience is mine. Sure. And there is nothing that I can say or talk to or do with anybody else that would, that would do anything. This is my experience. Now what I have to do is integrate it into my life, integrate the lessons, integrate the experience into who I am. You know, it's interesting because like that was the first time in my life that I did not have light for five days. And I look back at it now and I can't even like every experience has a visual to it. Of course it does. There was no light in there, but my mind is created the experience as one that includes visuals. I think also, you know what, Martin, we're in 2022 and we're also in countries where we presume, and I'm saying presume, that everybody has the same basic needs and basic necessities that you and I have, that we take for granted. And, you know, I've traveled the world quite a bit and I can tell you that they don't. Some people really don't have light every day. Some people don't have electricity. Some people don't have running water. Um, I know I'm sounding like a charity advert here, but it's true. It really is true. And um, I completely sympathize with those individuals because they do have to adjust. They do have to adapt. You know, I know of an African village where basically they were, they had no light at all in their houses. They do rely on candles. They do rely on uh, trying to do little fires to keep people, you know, lit up at night, you know, um, some of them just don't even have that access either. So they're in that dark. That's what I'm saying. Um, it's not a, it's not a criticism. It's a, it's a factual thing about how we do in the West, I guess, take things very much so for granted. And, you know, how quickly would you say that when you went back home, how quickly did you adjust to going back to normality, quote unquote, because, Maybe this experience has changed you completely and maybe you like now going to sitting in the dark, I don't know. Or did you adjust quite quickly when you went back? You know, did you put all the lights on, for example? What, what's the difference? No, I, 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 I've always liked the dark, but I, I, I black out my room at night much more than okay. I used to. I used to not mind with, when, you know, like the street lights would shine in and stuff. Yeah. But now, now I want it dark i used to also have a a little light for like a little um like a night night light because i have a cat and so i was just like you know just a little light for my cat would be fine but not anymore she can fuck off (laughs) how mean let's just make it clear um (laughs) let's just make it clear to our listeners any little light that comes in (laughs) any little light that comes in she she'll be fine with and 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 i was just I, i i i just I can't, I can't no, do it anymore. Now we just I want to make it, it, it just... yeah, we want to make it clear to our listeners. Listen, Martin loves his cat, don't you, Martin? Nobody's going to call, <laughs> nobody's going to call animal welfare on Martin to have him, you know, the cat removed. She's fine. She's safe. I can reassure everybody. Yeah. He, he didn't mean it. He's only using banter. Sometimes people might take things the wrong way, <laughs> but I know it's what not, he means. Not, you know, it's impossible to, it's, it's impossible to have what they what I experienced in yeah. there, which is utter darkness. Yeah, you know, of course. Like, 
course. So would you, I mean, would you now do another retreat like this again somewhere or, you know, what's it, what's you, what's it left you thinking about as you've gone back to your home? You know, other than the you know, that's situation. a big question that I've, that I've gotten from a lot of folks. It's just like, well, would you do this again? And I was just like, well, I got a lot out of it. Um, yeah. And if if I was, you know, because this isn't something that I was just kind of like, oh, that's interesting. Let me try that. You know, like it, it's not I, I didn't it's it's not like, oh, uh, it, it's not like a retreat or it's, it's not like a, a, a resort. It's not like, a, a well, let's go to this park and let's have this experience. This is something that like I was drawn toward. Right. And mm. because I was so drawn toward it, I did it and it presented itself as an opportunity. Mm. If I were to do it again, that would have to happen again. Mm. Right. I would have to have a draw to do it at a certain time for whatever. Mm. You know, I don't I don't see me ever needing to do this again. Okay. Um, only because I get it. I sure. know what I experienced. Um, now, does that mean that I couldn't be helped in some way by going again? No, of course I can. Of course I can go to this again and have a completely different experience that grows and in, enhances my life even more mm. at some other point. You know, um, I don't feel like I needed any more time. So it wasn't like I left there going, hmm, if I would have stayed one more day, it would have been different. And I don't feel like, uh, like, I just think that, yes, I would do it again if the opportunity presented itself in a way that I felt it made sense. Yeah. I understand. But really, it's not something that I would, yeah, go and and seek out. Some people, the reason I'm asking you that question is because some people love going on different retreats for various, you know, I've seen quite a lot for Reiki, uh, for spirituality, and I would love to go and do some of these, and in fact, I will do at some point. Um, And they do some amazing workshops out there, and that's why I'm asking you, because... You know, you can always learn different experiences and different skills and different, you know, mindset in in regards to these types of experiences. That's why I was asking you that question, you know. And I think that that's, you know, and I think that that's true, mm-hmm. um, especially as it relates to, like you say, Reiki and other things like yeah. that, because like then you are you are learning from somebody else. Right. Like right. you are you are being taught this. So, so there is there is this you know huge kind of shift in like the difference between being taught and learning something and all of those sorts of things and and uh, this is something and I'm not interested in retreats in which I am being taught. Yeah. Uh, I don't want. I I have very little interest in um in being taught from others. Now, does that mean I am not open to learning from others? No, I learn from everybody. I'm not interested in being taught. And those are very different ways of kind of looking at things. And this experience, through this experience, I learned a lot. And yet this experience had no, had nothing to teach me. Wow. Wow. Would you be um, able to pass on the details for this particular 
uh, expedition to you know our listeners maybe some of them would, would like to go and try this out yes absolutely yeah, I'll, I'll, so, it was it, it, it was the place that I went was in Guatemala uh, yeah. and it was called the Hermitage I think they do a great job um, now as we were speaking there was an earthquake and I got stung by a scorpion <laughs> and all these things and I think that that is very rare. I think that is very rare I think for, it's only and, and you Martin, again, only you <laughs> right, it, it was about the experience I yeah. needed Sure. Um, and you will go and find the experience that you need. And sure. there, there was also a couple in uh, in Mexico that I had found. Uh, but I will share. So like, if you search dark retreat, there are different places that you can go. You I can believe find. there are some in Canada. Um, the United States does not have anything this hands off as a dark retreat. Okay. Um, I. I wanted, and and that's because of litigation here in the United right, States, right? Okay. We 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 sue so quickly that sure. you know if I went in there with a razor and slit my wrists, well, families would be able sure. to sue that place. You know, me being stung by a scorpion could be grounds in the United States to sue because you're not keeping me safe and I'm on sure. your property. So from and a health and safety line. Yeah, unfortunately, right. we, we are in some places, there's quite a lot of red tape. But yeah, I think you made some good points there. Just to finish off the podcast, obviously, um, just any last minute thoughts, any reflection based on this as we, as we conclude? Because what you've said so far is absolutely you know, amazing and fascinating. Uh, and I'm grateful that you've, you've come and talked about this. So what, what sort of reflection would you say to someone making a decision on doing something similar to yourself? Uh, so, wow. Big questions. Yeah, I don't want to address that question because I think like what okay. I did was kind of extreme. Mm -hmm. And I don't know that a whole lot of people will end up doing, doing a it. dark retreat. You sure. know, like, and, and so I think that the, the thing that I would like to impart is that although I was in the dark and I had to experience moments of confusion or moments of pain or moments of suffering or whatever, mm -hmm. or fear, I was only able to experience those things because I knew deep down who I was. Yeah. And I wasn't trying to like i like to say what i say and what you hear have nothing to do with one another mm. so my experience of speaking and your experience of hearing even if it is hearing what i am speaking they are being processed for different reasons through different resources mm. you are yourself and nothing in the world can come close to understanding that mm. but you. And so when you experience something, you have to recognize that you're experiencing something completely unique. And if you look outside of yourself and say, that needs to be different, there will be no end to your wanting to change everything around you for you. But if you can see that this is for you, 
and ask the question, why is this for me? Then you're going to learn more about yourself and start that journey of recovering who you are. That's a beautiful way of looking at it. It's a really beautiful way of looking at it. You know what, Martin? I, I mean, I loved having you on my show before and I really thoroughly have loved having you again. And I'm sure as, we, as time goes on, you know, we're going to continue having different uh, podcasts on different topics, I'm sure. I just want to thank you for sharing, you know, your wisdom and sharing your experience and being honest as well, uh, as you are always anyway, but being brutally honest. Um, and as I said previously, you know, nobody got injured. The cat is safe, guys. In case some of you are concerned, um, but you know Martin has definitely been quite, you know, quite br brutally honest about the experience. And thank you very much for being on the show, Martin. And hopefully we connect with each other again on another topic. Yeah, oh, well, we're we're buddies, and we'll be in touch. And, <laughs> and I'm really I'm really grateful to be able to uh, you know to share uh, with your audience and with you because it's a beautiful experience. Thank you. You're welcome. Well, guys, that's all for now. Um, thank you for tuning in. And please tune in next time with Raise Your Vibes. This has been Miriam Khan and Martin John. Take care for now. Bye-bye. <laughs>